Welcome to Don't Stand on the Footrest. I'm your host, Derek Lynch. I'm here today with Miles Woodsmith from Murdoch, London. Miles has been in the States the last few days doing education for Murdoch on the West Coast in Seattle, San Diego, LA, Phoenix, and then Denver. It was actually awesome to have a conversation face-to-face with somebody since most of our podcasts have all been on Zoom. Enjoy. Well, I guess we can backtrack. Like, how did you get your spark? Just kind of here in general. So basically, so I, so my stepdad's best friend, um, when I was like 16, 17, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do, right? Like I was pretty, I, I was pretty smart at school. I, I didn't do very well, but I was, I was pretty smart. Yeah. And um, I remember he turned up one day uh, to the pub, uh, his, my stepdad's friend in a Porsche. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the fuck? You know, I've never seen a Porsche before. So I was like, I was like, what does, uh, what does Russell do? And he was like, uh, he's a hairdresser. I was like, what the fuck? You can get a Porsche at a hairdresser. And he was like, yeah, yeah, um, Turns out, I don't think he got his Porsche through, Porsche through hairdressing. Bro. I don't know what I don't know what that guy does, but it's not hairdressing. Um, so he basically was like, kind of teach me hairdressing um, with women's hair and shit. And I was just terrible. Man. I just couldn't get my head around it. And he was like, why don't you try cutting your stepdad's hair? And I literally just picked it up and like just naturally had it between my fingers and just naturally kind of got it. And he taught me. Um, for a while and then I did like a class in London so I did do a class I guess um, but to get the qualification mm-hmm. you don't need it but you can't work somewhere like Murdoch or you know we were talking about like um, Frank Reimer right like Thy Barber like yeah. those guys are fucking amazing right you can't do that unless you have that qualification you've got experience and, yeah. you know so it's like we kind of govern it ourselves I guess yeah. and so I got that qualification and then um, I heard about this job opening at Murdoch London I was like no way man. so I was like 20 yeah. I was a little idiot like it was like a really posh barbershop you know everyone yeah. wore waistcoats and shit um, and I thought you know what I'm going to try so I applied and I think I lied I think I said I think I said, you know, been doing it a little bit you know, <laughs> qualified a bit longer and um, they said yeah come in for a trades test yeah. and I was like oh my god right I had no money so I had to sell my PlayStation for the train ticket and to buy clippers because my clippers were so bad dude I didn't yeah. want them to laugh at me so I got this train ticket up because um, I lived like in the suburbs I got his train ticket up and I did this trades test, man. So the first guy whose hair I cut was my friend who was homeless. Yeah. So he turned up. I was like, dude, please don't tell them you're homeless. <laughs> please don't tell me. Because he didn't look homeless. Yeah. Like, obviously, you know, I don't know what he, obviously homeless people can be in lots of different situations, but yeah. he looked, he wouldn't know he was homeless, right? So I did his hair and he was so nice about it, like, because I was doing it. And the guy who did my trades test um, was like, he's a really good barber, yeah. but he, he's very like, particular yeah. and he's very you know he was like looking you know and there was a fucking there was a weight line in it and i was like fuck and, yeah. and uh and he was like D- does he like it weighty does he like the fades weighty and my friend was like yeah i like it we yeah, i like it weighty. yeah he had no idea what it meant but he was like yeah i like it weighty. and then my second dude cancelled so i had to go to this restaurant and i found this guy with long hair and it was an australian guy and i said like, dude can i cut your hair for a trades test and like typical australian he was like yeah fuck it came in <laughs> Mate, I cut his hair. I'll be honest, man. Between me and you, I had never done like long hair before. Yeah. So I was just like, I was cutting it, and I was looking at it, and I was like, oh, that bit's a bit short. <laughs> I was just like cutting it random. He came over, and the, the guy who did my trade test, he, I think he's like Sassoon trained. Like he's just a fucking wizard, right? He's going through it, and I'm like, and he's like, that's perfect. And I was like, oh my god, so this is all bullshit. Like I can just make it up. <laughs> But, um, and that's how I got the job. And then um, I started as a junior. Mm-hmm. 
and um, kind of got clients and got better. And I'll be honest, man, within my first month, I had like four or five complaints, right? Because I wasn't that good, man. I was learning. Do you get like all days on the floor or do you earn more days you get booked as a junior barber? So you get all days on the floor, but like it's sink or swim. Not now. It's totally different. I've, we've changed things completely now. But back then, man, it was sink or swim, bro. And I was getting these complaints, and uh, and they were justified. They were totally justified. And I was so, I have anxiety. And back then, I didn't know I had anxiety, so I was so nervous. And I was this, I was a kid, and I hated it. You know, I was so scared about because all the guys in there were amazing. And, you know, some were supportive and some weren't. Your price is different as a junior. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How many levels were there? So uh, there was junior, there was barber, there was senior barber, and there was head barber. Okay. So and the prices were like. Big difference. There's only like one head barber, or is there multiple? There was only one. Yeah, yeah we have multiple now. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah. So and then, so my boss took me out, sat me out on this curb, and he was like, "If you get another complaint, man, I got, I got to let you go." Yeah. And I just rented a flat and shit, and I was like, you know. And then, yeah, from then, I just like got something clicked, and I just got really into the the technicalities of barbering, mm-hmm. and I got super into the culture, and like, you know, I went and got my hair cut with like really good barbers but i didn't tell them i was a barber so that i could just watch them cut my hair um i did that and i got better and better and better and i got more and more customers and it got to this point where i had the most clients in the business and it wasn't i don't think it was because i was you know i was was a good barber definitely you know i am i i i I rate myself as a good barber i'm not at the level of you know frank reimer my friend carl you know there you know but you have to work so hard to get to that level um it was because like I just I was so fucking grateful that people liked my haircuts. Yeah. That I was like just I was like, mate, you know, when they're leaving, I'm like, dude, you are like the best person I've ever met in my life. Cause I was just so grateful that they were happy with what I'd done because I felt like such an imposter at this best barb shop in London, you know. Um and then um from there I became like a senior mm-hmm. and then we got bought by Americans. Really? Yeah. And I was like, we were all like, oh, fuck. Because we thought they were going to have us on like fucking roller skates or something. You know? <laughs> I was like, fuck's sake. I'm going to have to wear like a, like a fucking crop top or something. Yeah. And, um, but they were, I actually really liked them. They hired a CEO and we'd never had a CEO before. Yeah. And, um, was a single owner before? Yes. It was a, a guy, his last name was Murdoch. And like, he, he was cool, man. He, he just, you know, it wasn't really. It, you know, it was cool, man. It was just like, we got bored and whatever. Yeah. And um, they hired the CEO and she came in and I was a senior barber and the old owner didn't really want me to be a head barber. I think it was because like maybe the image wasn't quite right for him. Like he liked more kind of, you know, I think less tattoos, no beard, you know, old school. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, all the as you know, all the best barbers, man, we're all rats. Do you know what I mean? Like there's no, we're all rats, man. We're all, we all fucked up or something. Um, she took me out for lunch. I'd never been bought lunch before or anything. So I, was, so I was like sat in this, I was sat in the Covent Garden Hotel, which is like where all the Hollywood people are. And I was like, this is fucking weird. And she was like, I want you to be the head barber. And I was like, no way. And I said, no, because I didn't want to be a manager. Yeah. I just wanted to cut hair. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, but I'll give you like, um, uh, oh my God, what did she offer me? It was like paid, paid holiday, yeah. um, which we didn't really have at the time. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. I'll be head barber then. I had like a Caesar salad and I was like, <laughs> I was like holy shit, like I'm, this, is, this is awesome. Um, and then the first thing we did when I was head barber was get everyone paid holiday. Um, so, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was my CEO who really did that. And so straight away I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight away I was just like, oh fuck, now I'm the head barber. And I was terrible, like at management, like, you know, people would be like, can I leave early? And I'd be like, yeah. 
and then they left and I'm like, oh shit, they got, they got a haircut. <laughs> or like I hired everyone, like everyone I was, and you know, I'd sit down and do an interview and they would just be nice and I'd be like, you're hired. Yeah. And then like a month later, I'd be like, they're shit at barbering. They're gone. Yeah. Oh mate, yeah. 100% man. Yeah, yeah, we'll get onto that. But, um, fisticuffs or you're hired. Yeah, exactly. English fisticuffs. Um, but yeah, so then I was the head barber and then the stuff with the products kicked off, man. And you know, so our CEO, Anna, she, she's like no one you've ever met. Like she's a hurricane. She's basically taken us from this little barbershop yeah. full of a bunch of like idiots basically and turned us into this like global brand yeah. pretty much on her own. But she she knows it's good for the brand to make it look like, you know, that the, the barbers are like, you know, the driving force. And we are, it's, it's about barbering. But in terms of business decisions, I, I don't fucking know. Do you know what I mean? She's, so she's amazing, man. And um, she got us into Nordstrom. And so what did like the multiple shops kind of start because was it when the original owner was it just the one no so the original owner had i think because he got us a concession in hackett mm-hmm. the clothes store so we had like six or something oh, under him wow. yeah yeah so he was yeah he was doing really well it was just the products man because yeah. anna when she took over I was just, yeah yeah we had products even from like day one but they were like white label yeah, yeah and anna came in and was like i think you guys can make better products so we remade them and then they just fucking exploded. Yeah. So what was your kind of your guys' role of barbers in that process? Because I'm sure that obviously you guys tested on the whole thing, man. The whole thing. We came up with the ideas, we came up with the names. You know, we we were involved with the packaging and not all the barbers, right? Like because there's some people that don't. You know, there's some barbers are like they don't think you should sell products. Like they're you know they're so you know what I mean they're like they're so fucking punk. So they're like whatever, like you know. But like I mean, look where I am right now, man. Yeah. Like I'm I'm chatting to you. I've got this view of fucking Denver. I'm in this, the cool, this is the coolest building I've ever seen in my life. I'm in here and I'm a barber. So that's where, and that's products. That's not haircutting. There's, yeah. That's got me here, you know. So I, I, I don't mind doing that. And they're good products. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like with the packaging and everything, man, it's all, it's all us. It's all us. So that's why I'm proud to, yeah. to, to come over here. You know, we got seriously sidetracked. Yeah, but um, yeah, just the, the kind of like the hustle game of I dipped a toe into that, like being a not a rep, but like a distributor and this and that. And it, it, not for me. I, you know, the, the, the right line came about, and there was like a tighter partnership, which I've talked to somebody else about doing something. And, it's just like the moment I start talking to other shops, it's like you just mentioned a lot of shop owners, which is almost empathetic. It is, no, fuck it. Yeah. That are like, yeah, we just don't really sell products. I'm like, how the fuck do you make money? Yeah. Like, that's how your business profits, like, especially yeah. if you're moving. Like, yeah. You don't make any fucking money. So, what's the future of the company? What if you get sued? What if this happens? What, yeah. what, what if, I mean, there's always the what if, what if there's a pandemic and you're shut down for a few months? How are you going to take care of your business? Yeah. There's always this what if, and it's like, what? How do you not want to make money? You just want to do like 20 years a fucking day? Yeah, they do. But like, then your business make no money. Like, at some point, it's another investment. You pay a shitload for build out and all of these things. Why wouldn't you want a return on that investment? Yeah. And you don't, you can do that and still treat your guys great. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to just like, well, I'm going to make that money by paying my guys shit. You don't have to do well, that. That's the, that's the thing, right? Like, when I talk to these people, and I've had the same thing, man. I, you know, part of my job is to go into barb shops. Yeah. And I'm already like, I say to Anna, I'm like, it's just, that's, there's just not that many that are, that are open to this shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because they either, yeah. You know, you pitch it and they're just like, 
Yeah. But you're a nice shop. And then you go to the duster shops and they're just carrying, no offense to anybody, but Layright, Swapacito, yeah. Tip Top, and you're like, yeah, there's more out there. And at your price point, you're charging $40, 50 $60 for a haircut. Why are you selling $12 product? Yeah, you know what I mean? exactly. And why, why are you not selling products that, like, if you're not going to make your own products, why don't you sell products that were made by barbers then? Because yeah. there's a lot out there, yeah. not just Murdoch, there's a bunch, right? But yeah, I talk to these owners, man, and they're like, nah, like, you know, they're punk and they're like, nah, I'm not, you know, I'm not selling products that's like, you know, whatever, they're like anti-capitalist or whatever, which I respect. But then if you're anti-capitalist, then you should be paying your barbers 100% of the money for every fucking haircut, and you're not. Yeah. You're not. You're stealing the surplus value of their labor. Karl Marx. So yeah. you're not you're already a capitalist bitch. Yeah. Like just sell some products. Yeah. And then you can pay your barbers more. Well it's part of service too. I mean the, the thing is you style the hair really awesome at the shop. And a lot of these guys are like, oh, it's all the haircut, which a lot of it is, right? I mean you should you shouldn't rely on hair products the haircut. No, of course. It should naturally live really great. But there are people that have certain textures that want a certain look that they can't naturally achieve without the blow drying or a little bit of product. I mean, the sea salt volume is for instance, is like a great yeah. It's one of our best sellers. Yeah, it's badass. Awesome. But it's like, there's guys that may have fine blown hair that want long. Cool. Yeah. You're not going to get that without having a fucking product. Yeah. And then, do you have blow dryer? No. Yeah. Okay, well, if you want this style, we can cut it that way. But it's not going to look like it does right now after we cut it and yeah. style it unless you use these things. So for me, you're cutting your hair for the next six to eight weeks, let's say. Or four to four to six, depending on how often they want to come in. But you're you're cutting their hair so that for those next weeks before, until they come back in, it still looks great. Yeah. Most of our clients that come back in, their hair if it's been four to six weeks, their haircut still looks like you know, I can tell that they need a haircut because I just know how short they keep it. But it doesn't like if, if they went to an event, no one's gonna like scoff at them. They look great. Yeah, because that's a that's a quality haircut. Exactly. It's shaped. But the thing is, in between those every day between those four weeks. Do you want to look like Gollywood or do you want to look fucking good? Because if you want to look good, then you need those products you recommend, which is part of the service. How do they know what the maintenance at home is unless you teach them styling tips, unless you teach them how to use a blower, unless you teach them how to use the product and how much to use, what product works best for the texture? You're supposed to be the expert in yeah. that, right? Yeah. That's part of your expertise, it's part of your industry experience. To not give them that to me is it's shit service to like barbers like, well, I get good service. I'm like, you, you do a good haircut. Yeah. You do good service. Yeah. You know, it's like, a whole it's thing, so man. fucking different. Than, uh, nowadays, everyone just thinks they're fucking great. You're like, not that I'm fucking great, but I'm like, I've seen you say things online that make me think you're not giving a full service because yeah. of your adverse reaction to certain aspects of the service. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, that, that's, that's a, that's a, no, no, mate, I, I know exactly what you're saying. You're saying it very diplomatically and like, and that's great. Like, but I, see, I, you know, I think you have a lot of friends in the industry, right? And I can see why, man. You're a legend. Yeah, yeah. You're a legend, man. You know. Yeah. Well, see, no one. But I'm. I. You know. I don't have actually that many friends in the industry, right? Because I think, a, I keep my head down. Like I don't really. You know. You. You, you follow me on Instagram. Yeah. It's literally like just memes about how much I hate myself and like pictures of car marks. That's pretty much it, right? <laughs> and the occasional thirst trap when I get to the states. Um, but like, you know, I keep my head down on that stuff, and that's because like I love. I love barbering, mm -hmm. but barbering for me is not just cutting hair, yeah. right? Barbering is how, like, I never thought, you know, we, listen, when we were teenagers, let's be honest, most barbers, the ones that I like anyway, depressed as fuck, teenagers, right? And you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do because I can't work in an office. I'll kill myself. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, um, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at that. What the fuck am I going to do? And then you find barbering. Yeah. 
and you're like, holy shit, like, I can make a living out of this? Like, I can hang around with my friends and, like, um, cut hair and do cool shit and, like, you know, and give people advice on their life and get advice from them and well, learn. I wanted to be a therapist or, like, in psychology. And I remember I had been thought, like, a lot of hours of was kind of like... Oh, my, 100%. But, you know, here it was like, I had an old teacher who, I mean, he was a bit of a dick, but he kind of broke it down and was just like, you're in remedial math, like, you're in the dumbest math class, like, you're not, you know, you're smart, but you have bad grades, you don't give a shit, yeah. you're terrible test, you know, test taking, and I was like, yeah, I'm not, he's like, so you want to go into psychology, he's like, to make money, you're going to, unless, like, social work's not going to make you enough money for, you know, he's just like, you're not going to make any money, you got to be a psychiatrist, so, like, you already aren't going to go to college there, do you really think you're going to go to fucking med school? Yeah. And I was like, Oh man! But it was a very harsh wake-up call, and it got me thinking more. And I was talking to friends, like, "What can I do?" And then, yeah, it was, it was all the things you just said. It was like I put together like I want to make a difference in people's lives, make them feel better. You know, work with my hands because I did actually try at one point to work in an office. My dad <clears throat> was working with this uh, tax software company, and I was just like migrating. Not like a batch work, but just like migrating spreadsheets. It was so fucking boring. That sounds terrible. And I was like. He would, you know, he made me wear like dress clothes, and he. I was like, "Can I listen to music?" And he's like, "No." I'm like, "With headphones on, here." He's like, "That's not how we do things here." Oh Which God. is great. I mean, thank you to him. <laughs> yeah. If he gave me that wiggle room, maybe I would have liked it. Yeah. Or, or, or just been like, "Oh, there's flexibility," and now you can do whatever the fuck. Yeah. These tech companies have like the best benefits and shit. But you know, back then it was just like, "No, this is what your life would look like in this role." And I think he kind of honestly may have wanted me. I mean, my parents didn't want to go to college. But I remember the moment I actually started progressing and I went into a data institute that I was going to. And I went on college campuses, I looked at their programs, and I was like, oh, well, you're playing music. Like, what if you want to be like a record producer? Like, no one's listening, no one's paying big bucks for fucking hardcore and metal, dude. Yeah. I was like, Mom, don't you listen to the music I listen to. No one likes this shit. shit. Like, yeah, the shows are hyper stuff, but there's like four people in the audience. Yeah. No one's like, what do you mean? Yeah, so you know, they tried, like, we'll go to art school, just fucking art. And so then eventually I went to Paris school, and I remember the moment I walked in, the energy and the hype, and just like, it just be fucking sense. You're like, I'm like, a this, is at. This, yeah. is, this is meant for me. And it was kind of like you alluded to with, you know, like the mental health shit. It was just like, I didn't feel comfortable. I felt terrified. I felt just, but I felt terrified in a good way. Yeah. Like there was a challenge in front of me, and I was going to smash the shit out of yeah, it. Yeah. Because I just wanted it. Whereas yeah. when I was pushed to go to college, pushed to do these things and those things, and I knew it wasn't my route. And that's what I was going to say, actually, earlier, I forgot to. <clears throat> One of the big reasons I started getting into hair was in 2006, I graduated high school. That was, I lived in suburban Detroit, and so that was like post 9 11 economy still. Everybody was starting to lose their jobs. The big three, like, the big three car manufacturers, Ford, Chrysler, and GM. Oh, okay. We're all going down. Right. And there was a time later on with COVID where I'll get there, but <laughs> they, um, it was a hard time to build a clientele after I got out of school. kind of the moral of that story. Yeah, yeah. Barbers were freaking out during COVID. I can imagine, yeah. It was like, better than that. But, um, yeah, all the, so I, I, you know, I was like, I want a job where I can leave Detroit because I don't want to be here forever because one of the economy, two, I just want to go back to Chicago so fucking bad. And I want to be able to travel for work. I want flexibility. I want to be, if I, if I moved to Hawaii for two years, then like, I can move to New York. I like that. I can move to fucking LA. I can move to yeah. really anywhere. I can there's opportunities. You can do editorial work. Yeah. You can do photo shoots. You can do product. You can come up with a product line. You can yeah. be an educator. You can own a barber or a hairdressing school. You can be in a salon or a barber shop. You can do, you can be an educator with them. You can be a manager. You can own one. You can do all these options. And yeah. I knew how, like, 
kind of fast and ADD I always was. I was like, if I get bored with something, I don't have to leave the industry. I can just pivot. And I did that. I worked in salons and I fucking hated it. And eventually I realized the mentor is where my passion was. And so I just switched over to like barbering specifically. Yeah. But at the time I was like, I'm gonna leave this industry because I fucking hate it. No, it was where I was working, who I was working with, and the kind of stuff I was doing. And that's like the beauty of this industry. It's like you just I mean you mentioned it a minute ago, it's just like you're in Denver because of products, really. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, you are doing some demos and stuff, but like you're it's But I'm cool with that. Like that's the yeah. thing, like some of the boys at home. Like people assume you're never gonna be like, oh, your hair is a barber. Like Cool, we're just gonna work in the shop, you know, the rest of your life, and yeah. you are traveling the world. Yeah. Know? So the industry can, if you work your ass out, it's such cool fucking things to you do. You can go anywhere, man. Like, you really can. And I think, like, people, I think you can go anywhere. Like, these amazing barbers, right? There's some, there's some of these barbers in London, uh, you know, I see them on my, I mean, I, I see them very rarely on my Instagram because I, I can't think of anything worse than watching fucking haircuts when I'm not at work. Like, I've been doing that all day. Um, but, like, you know, they go everywhere, right? Like, you know, I said my friend Carl. Carl Taylor um, is, you know, he's the best barber I know. I personally think he's, I mean, I'm biased, but I think he's the best barber in England. You know, he won Bull Barber of the Year. Like, he can travel. Yeah. But I've been to, like, 40, I think, 45 states. Mm. I've been all over this. More than me. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but I'm there for, like, a day. Like, you know I, mean? I haven't really seen it. But, like, I've been all over. You know, I'm going to Australia this year for, for, for the products. Um, at some point, I'm going to go to China, which is, like, my number one. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, all, all over Europe. Um, and like, I think some of the boys, you know, they're like, oh, you're just like a fucking, you know, you're like a sellout or whatever. But like the difference is, is that like, I don't care because yeah. A, it's good stuff. Yeah. I believe in it. Yeah. But also like, how privileged are you that you can't grab, you wouldn't grab this opportunity. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. I'm not hurting anyone. Like if I can travel around, the, like I love America, right? You know this, right? Like if I can travel around this country for my job, I don't have a degree. I don't have like, I don't come from any money or anything. Like, and I'm traveling around, bro. It's, it's, it's amazing. Like, I love, I love this industry. It's changed a lot. Yes. Uh, and I think, you know, we were talking about that last night. And like, I think a lot of it has changed for the better in that, like, there's more recognition. Way more people are like, oh shit, like, barbering is now akin with hairdressing right hairdressing was like the technical thing barbering was like oh i'll just do a four or yeah. whatever whereas now it's like there's this technical yeah. some of these guys are wizards it's like, just assume an idea and like yeah technical precision haircut has made it to men's grooming yeah think yeah yeah because now it's like you know what actually men deserve to have the same level of um skill mm -hmm. applied to their hair yeah and like that's amazing i think the thing we were saying last night and you're too diplomatic to say it like well, i'll say it was that when i first started and i'm sure when you first started with barbering it was you know shops you know barbers were like misfits yeah. you know uh, they were weird they were you know often you know myself you know i wasn't particularly cool at school um and like i found this like little family of weirdos right and i loved it and then you know now it's like a lot of these barbers, man, like, I don't know, like, they just seem like they're, it's because it's cool. Well, yeah, what did you say last night? It's like, they're the kind of kids that would have beat you up in high school. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, it was like, like. It's like the jocks came back around. It was yeah. just like, damn, dude, this was like the goofball misfits. Yeah, exactly. found our place, and then. Dude, that was, was it, right? There was nothing else we could do. Like, you either got too many tattoos too early, or you were like, just fucking weird. And you were like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm going to do. Whereas now, these guys come in, and I'm like, you're like a model. 
Yeah. Like, go be a model, bro. Like, why are you coming in here making me feel shit about myself? Like, this is my little cave, man. It's funny we have such social jobs when we were talking about last night. It's like, most barbers are fucking super socially awkward, but you're talking about your one coworker who can navigate people so well. I've always worked retail before I worked yeah. um, in hair. And then, yeah, I've always had jobs where I was in, like, some sort of service industry and, like, had to communicate with people. But that's probably the only reason I can even remotely talk to people is because I was forced to learn yeah. as much as I did. So, but it's social intelligence, right? It's a different type of intelligence. It's like, I'm not saying that my friend's not intelligent, but like he's social, his social intelligence is so high that he can read, you know, and I know, I know you can do it. I know I can do it. I can read when someone sits down immediately. Yeah. It's, it's uh, instinctual. Yeah. And, the, and you can read them and you know how to make them have a good time, right? But I would say the only thing about that, and I was thinking about this this morning, actually, um, weirdly, was that like, I, if you're good at it, yeah. and you do it, let's say you do 12 haircuts in a day, and you do it 12 times in a row, like sometimes I, I really struggled when I got home, like when I had a girlfriend yeah. or whatever, I struggled to even give them anything, man, because I just gave it all at work. And they didn't get it because they were just like, it's, what do you mean? You're cutting hair. Like, and it's like, yeah, but you don't get that. Like, I'm giving all of my energy and all my socialness and then you get home and then you just sat there and like, how's your day and you're like oh, fucking well I mean you can I mean you can, you can tell those barbers and styles that are like pretty hollow with their clients <sighs> yeah you know what I mean like they're asking like how's your day oh. it's not that you have the most in-depth conversations in the world I'd like you to know that I'm like better than their therapist by any means but yeah. it's like there needs to be this interactive especially at a higher price point there needs to be this interactive kind of experience and it has to be a conversation yeah it has to be a conversation and sometimes those conversations get deep and sometimes Sometimes they don't, yeah, and that's totally fine. And some people don't like to talk. Some people talk your ear off, and some people talk their ear off, and it's just—it is what it is. But, it's, but if you can't do that, then I don't—I I don't think this is the industry for you. Well, I think a lot of people too. Like when I was in Chicago, I built a lot of clientele because they were the ones that didn't want to talk. They just want to sit there and shut up, and I didn't talk either. I was working at a place that like forces cut super fast, so I also didn't have time to talk. You know, now I love consultations. Back then. I was like, what do you want to do? If they were like a two on the sides and like figure out on top, I'd be fucking mad. That's stupid. Yeah. Good job. To yeah. Like take care of them and make them look their best. Finger length on top. Yeah. Oh fuck that dude. Like I would hate that shit. I'd be like, here's a nine. <laughs> I'm not fucking doing that, mate. I'm not hurting my fingers, bro. <laughs> but yeah, it was just it was weird. Like they, you know, you attract those clients because they just they didn't want to talk or have conversations. You know, they're cordial. You know, they're polite. But they just want to sit there and zone out or dig around on their phone or just like. Which is fine. And I think a barbershop should have, you, you have great barbershops, yeah. I think, have different types of bars, right? Totally. Like we have, um, you know, we, we used to have this dude that worked with us. Um, he was a Greek guy uh, called Adonis, right? That's his actual name. That's awesome. And he was like really annoyingly good looking as well. Hilarious dude, legend. But like he, whenever it was like, if you see a name in the thing, I'd be like, oh God, I fucking hate this guy, right? Yeah. He'd be like, why'd you hate him? And I'll say the reason. He's like, moving to me. And he would just sit there. And then all of a sudden, you had all the worst men in London would come in and be like, oh, Donis, how are you, man? You know? yeah. And he was just, he had it. Like, he lived, he's in Singapore now. He runs a shop in Singapore. Talk about traveling around the world, yeah. right? So, like, um, yeah, you need those people. Like, my people, my customers are, like, the, in my opinion, the nicest. They, yeah. Like, when I'm, not, when I'm um, in America and they have to move them, you know, no one. The guy behind the desk doesn't worry about it. He phones me. Oh, Miles isn't here, and they're like, "Oh, okay, no worries." You know, whereas some people's clients, you know, you don't want to phone them, right? Um, I think you attract. 
like who you are, right? And that's why I went to Chicago. I wasn't talking a lot because I was coming so fast I didn't have the time to. That's who I attracted. And then now, I mean, it's even running some of the guys who probably say I'm probably the least talkative person in the shop. Yeah. I your bullshit. Yeah. At the same time, Know, Maybe they just talk a lot, man. But I have clients that just don't talk a lot. Yeah. And I have some clients that, like, absolutely talk in their eyes. And some want to hear me talk, and some want to be the one talking. Yeah. I get interviewed by my clients all the fucking time. Yeah. And then a lot of times I'm interviewing them. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you have to read that quick, right? You do. And yeah. I was going to say earlier, I think, you know, there's a lot of book smart people that went to college and shit, and maybe that's why us misfitty kids work well on this is because we had that skill the whole time but it was never really shined on or never really like brought out we never had the chance we were in elementary school and high school they, i don't think what, what, what fucking skill would they give you to like find out about yourself unless yeah. you're a social life but if you're a social life and you're super popular a lot of times you're fake as hell too you're worried about what people think you're trying to fit this role or this like you know movies role of like what the you know popular high school job looks like or yeah you know what i mean and is it actually like that over here? Because like I grew up with like American high school movies. Our movies are documentaries. They're really? It's actually like that. No. Oh fuck's sake, man! Um, I mean, to an extent, it's not. It's not as like dramatized. I don't think. I mean, in some schools, like especially like those reality shows in California, like Laguna Beach and all. Dude, things, I that loved. Like that. I watched that show growing up. Uh, what's her name? Lauren Conrad. Yeah. Man, that was my dream girl. Because like you know, school in England. It's very different, right? Like, I'm watching that, and it's just, like, these beautiful, like, 18... You know, I was also 18, 19. I'm not, like, a weird pedo. <laughs> like, they were, like, you know, I was also 18. Uh, you know, these beautiful girls, and they're, like, you know, like, they're all dressed up, and they're driving, you know? And then I go to my school, and it's, like, oh, man, I could tell you some stories of, like, some things that got said to me at my school. Like, my self... I had the lowest self-esteem of all time, man. And, like, also, to go back to what you said about people that were popular at school, yeah. like, I hate them i have no friends that were popular at school yeah. because because i can tell i can tell and i'm not saying that like they're bad people or whatever i just don't get on with them man because we had a totally different experience right that's your formula formulative uh formative formative years yeah. and if your formative years were like people being like oh you're so cool and like you're like oh i like that girl and then she's like oh i like you back like that is just alien to me man like i, I didn't have a girlfriend until i was 21 bro you know, I, I, I didn't get nowhere near girls for a long time. You know, it was like, you know, so like barbering, most of the guys I met early on gave me that vibe, but they were like me, yeah. you know, where they were like, you know, if there was a girl across the street and she worked in a shop, you know, it, it, it was a foregone, you know, I'd be like, oh my God, like, look at that girl. She's beautiful. And everyone, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. And then like someone would be like, oh, we should go talk to her. And then we all laugh because no one's ever going to do that. Yeah. We're never, ever, you know, we're never, ever going to talk to them, you know, and they, you know, and then they'll look and everyone's like, shit, like, hi, you know, like, we're all just these fucking nerds, man. It's yeah, just I wanted to meet my girlfriend that walked by her work and saw her and I wanted to, like, inquire. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And me, I had to bring two of my barber friends to go with me and grab a beer. Back up. Yeah. And I was like, I can't go alone. One, I didn't want to, and then you were overthinking everything, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, she would think, like, no, the whole thing is about myself. Yeah. Which now, like, my favorite thing is to go to the bar by myself. Yeah. Even back then, I was a little self-conscious. Yeah. Do you think? Or then, then you bring your friends, and you're like, 
fiber out, bro. It's yeah. Just so but it's, it's so if, awkward. It's like, but you're like six foot four. You're like six foot four. You're really good looking, and you're built like a brick shit house. It's a bit different, right? I'm like Bilbo Baggins, dude. I'm walking in, and I'm just like, oh hello, you know. And they, you know, maybe they want to date someone who's like actual man size. Like that's a common thing. Do you know what I mean? So like, I had even more like my anxiety, man. With like, I've never ever um, approached a girl in my life ever. Never. I can't do it. I'd never do it. Literally, it's my worst fear in my life, man. And like. We've got a couple of boys in the shop I think could do it, but like that freaks me out, man. Yeah. They're like pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I think Holly and I ended up Instagramming each other after I went in and she gave us beers. What, D- like, DMing? Yeah. Wait, who DM'd who first? If she DM'd you, I'm leaving. I don't remember how it's off my head. Oh my God. The fact you can't remember is really cool though. I think I DM'd her. I think it was like pretty mutual. Like we were going to message each other. Maybe she beat me to it or I did it. I don't remember. But it was... It was, yeah, it was fine. But like, again, I could have asked her out there and I didn't, I totally chickened out. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. I'm just like, I just, I'm, I'm like that Charlie Brown kid that would like work my way up to that. Fuck yeah, you got this. Dude. Yeah. Go. Cause you do that with your friends, you know, you're like, you got this man. Like, dude, she'd be lucky to have you. You're a great guy. Like, that, come on, you know what I mean? That, that, that really lets me know that you've never lived in England because that's like, not how we work in England. Oh, right? yeah, all my dude. friends would be like, all my friends would be like, dude, you have no chance. You look like a pug. Like she's never gonna go for you. You're a piece of shit. Okay, like next time, just text me when you get a pump. I need a hype up. <laughs> but then I would do that. Like, I go up like, uh, oh man. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, we're, this is why we get on, right? Like it's it's so funny because obviously, like we've never met, right, until yesterday. But like within a minute. Yeah. We're getting on because we're like, there's a thing with barbering, man. And yeah. obviously, there's a lot of barbers that I don't get on with, man. Like, there's like, there's a lot. I, I remember um, when my friend won the um, wall barber of the year. Mm-hmm. He made me go to the barbering convention. That's my worst nightmare. They suck, right? Because everyone's just kind of a dick. And he introduced me to like all these barbers, and like they're all really like, you know, kidding. I'm, I mean, I, it's I, the I, cheesiest part of barbering. It is. Yeah, it's just fucking hokey, and it's like it's just like a self, yeah, self suck off session, man. Yeah. yeah. And they're just like, oh. they're just, oh. yeah, you know what I mean? They're like, oh, I love your work. Like, Shut up, man. Like, yeah, you know, well, you know. Um, but he was introduced me to him and like immediately, you know, I could tell, you know, if I met 10, I could tell straight away when I'm shaking their hand, yeah. I'm like, hate you. And I, the next one, I'm like, cool, this guy's a cool dude. This guy was into, this guy was barbering before, this sounds so hipster, but like before it got cool. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, because it was, it did get really cool. It got cool like a year after I joined Murdoch. So I was like right at the right time. But when I started barbering, I'm sure when you started cutting hair, you know, you know, when, when you're younger and you're cutting hair, it's not like, you know what guys are like. Yeah. They're not like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Well, I, that's, I didn't get into That's why I went into hairdressing because barbering just didn't exist in like the suburban Detroit at the time. Yeah, I mean, There was a couple shops that kind of were already kind of getting back at it in Chicago, but I could do it died for how many decades? And I would, I would assume it happened the same in the UK, probably just around the world. Just like, it kind of happened with like the 60s and 70s, everyone grew their hair out and the shag and barbers just not wanting. Yeah. I'm not fucking with that. And then I also started going to hairdressers. But I remember I graduated and it was just like, there was no barber college or barber school. It was like, if I'm going to do this, I have to go to like the nicest, best fucking school because my parents already don't want me to do this. And now they will probably listen to this. My mom looks like everything I do. Which oh, is, that's nice. My, my mom's going to listen to this nice. as well. They're coming in a couple. Actually, they're coming Oh, no way. Awesome, man. Yeah. They, uh, but it's funny because despite me bringing this up, I remember telling 
I sat him down like I'm going to high school. Like, no, you're not. I'm going to college. I'm like, I'm not. Yeah. And I was like, I'll find a fucking way. Like, if I don't live on the streets, I'm doing this. Like, I, I am fucking doing this. Yeah. And then I think that probably was like, fuck, he's going to do it. You yeah. know, and so like, well, we might as well just like support him and just like hope he doesn't fall flat on his fucking face. He doesn't know nothing about hair. My parents are like, they, you know, not, they're, they've got good hair yeah. now, but yeah. like, I'm not like curly age mullet. They've got good hair. Yeah, it's like, they, you know, they weren't, I'm going to be very fashionable and into clothing and yeah. glasses and stuff like that, but, um, and it's always worth retail, but she, yeah, it was, it was not something like, People are like, oh, my grandfather's barber, or yeah. my dad was a hairdresser, like you, was, was your uncle, you said? No, no. Uncle's yeah, my, my stepdad's, my stepdad's yeah, friend, yeah. Like, yeah. It was like, I didn't have any of that connection, so I was like, where is this coming from? Yeah, it's but, totally alien that you would do that, yeah. All those things I said earlier about, like, the future, right? And something was economy proof and all these things that we were doing with Detroit at the time. And now I tell that to people, and they're like, bro, for 18, for 17 at the time, you're so fucking ahead of your time. Yeah. No, I just sat down and logically thought about the trade instead yeah. of like just blindly going into something. But it seemed blind to a lot of people. But yeah, I so I had to go to the best school, which was the Veda Academy. It was like Yeah, I've heard of, I've heard of it, man. That's, that's... Yeah, there, there was there's another one oh, I forgot the name of it. And they were they had a good reputation, but Aveda had like it was a specific like Douglas J. Aveda Institute in Ann Arbor and I I had to do that because there was no barbering. Yeah. It, it just, like, did not be fucked. Because like, if I wanted to do 12 dollars haircuts with like cockroaches flying around the floor, yeah. maybe. But I was like, dude, if I do this, I have to show my parents that like I'm going to really fucking go for it. Yeah. But, so, that, but that's, I think the, uh, most of the top barbers, man, they have that hairdressing foundation, you know? Yeah. They know how to, they know, they, they understand sectioning, they understand scissor work. And like uh, most of the best barbers I know, they all started with the hairdressing. They all trained as hairdressers and then moved on with the clippers and stuff with barbering. I didn't use fucking uh, clippers until I worked in my first pseudo barbershop, which is the corporate chain. But they hired hairdressers. And again, with the licensing, so I had a hairdressing license. Yeah. Cosmetology license. You need a barbering license to shave. And so yes. there's only one barbershop here that, or in Chicago at the time, that would allow me to work in their shop as a cosmetologist. Most independent barbershops are like, no, you need a barber license. I think it's changed in Chicago since I moved out here, but here they had a crossover license. If you had one, you could go back to school for like five weeks, retake your state board test, and then get your barber license. Oh, now okay. I have two licenses. Right. Um, but. That means there's two, there's two barbering licenses in this room. Yes. Both, both yours. Yes. <laughs> well, one barbering was Collins Okay. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it, was, it was weird. And so I. I didn't hold clippers until I, I worked. I used trimmers, but I had like wall peanut trimmers. And I remember, I just said on one of the, my most embarrassing story was, I which I'm, think of a good story because I always ask people what their like worst, most like mortifying like oh, the worst, geez. most embarrassing industry moment is. Because like I don't know, I mean, I've got a few. I love, yeah, exactly. It's like I love humility. You know what I mean? But I was taking my this one. I worked at a salon. It was in Gold Coast, in Chicago, it's the most expensive neighborhood in the entire city of Chicago. Right. Like, it was fucking super nice. And uh, I had a guy, there's a bunch of guys coming, they went to the spot and they were getting for some, either a bachelor party or for some money. And I had this dude that was, uh, he wanted a haircut, he didn't want a massage. He's like a tall firefighter, like high and tight. And he sat down and did a consultation, he told me what he wanted. I was like, I'm just going to fake the shit out of this. I took my wall peanut trimmers and just put a bowl around his head, thinking that, like, oh, this is like kind of a. Well, like, you could scissor, comb, scissor over, comb it out. <laughs> so I was like, and I didn't even have a tape recorder. I didn't have like anything that tight. I was like, fuck. 
Oh my so god. They didn't have guards for it. It was a wall paint of those pieces of shit little trimmers. But every hairdresser had it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was before social media, so it was not like I could YouTube how to do this hair dryer. Yeah. So I'm like trying to go at it. Uh, sorry, it just gets worse and So I put that hard line in there and I'm just like, how do I do now what? Like what did, what did I just do? And one of my coworkers walks by, he's like, Derek, you forgetting something? I'm like, what? And he like pulls on his shirt and I'm like, I'm wearing a fucking shirt. You know, you ever done a coach wearing a shirt? <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, and he points to my man. He's wearing a shirt. And it's like, oh, I put a cape on. I just shaved half that motherfucker. Oh, no. Dude, this dude is paying like good fucking money. Did he not say anything? No. Oh, my God. I think, and dude, I mean, this wasn't like my first ever cut hair for a few years. You know what I mean? But I just, again, I had no barbering, like, experience yeah. or anything. Dude, You're probably so focused oh, on trying to get rid of that line. Shaking, and yeah. And then I put the tape on, and at that point, I was like, why? 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 I had a full blown meltdown, ran down the fucking stairs. And do you see Pineapple Express? Yeah. Okay, remember when Seth Rogen like, runs up the stairs at three witnesses from her? Yeah. And how he runs? Yeah. That was fucking me, bro. But down. <laughs> but down. Just, like, down the stairs. I get down the stairs in our fucking basement of the room, or uh, like back room, and uh, I was like, somebody's fucking helping me freaking out. Oh, and they're like, what happened? And I told everybody, and they just burst out laughing. I'm like, oh, I'm like almost in tears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Alejandro was like, I got you, dude. And he had some like kind of fading experience like that. Um, and he came upstairs and he took one fucking look at it. He's like, what did you do? And I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm like, my what God. He's like, I, I got it, dude. So he goes over there. He takes his clippers and he like, tries to blend out best he can. And, I kind of remember this was a long time ago. And I kind of remember him blending out most of it, except for like the line. Yeah. The rest of it looked pretty good from what I can remember. And the dude, I think I was just—I told him, "Man, you got to cut this haircut." Yeah. And As you remember that shit, like when you go to sleep, don't you? Bro, I have nightmares. Yeah. To this day, like one week where I don't drink my client. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not making that up. I literally, in my dream, and I go, oh, and I'm like, oh, it's not there, it's not there. But I panic. There's times even when I'm cutting hair in the day, where I'm like, I'm going to keep it small. As I'm yeah. like, dude, on the same, that's anxiety, man. You got anxiety, bro. Fuck it. I don't know, bro. Fuck, dude. You have got anxiety. It, it still frees me the fuck out. Yeah. It was mate. one of those fucking moments. That, that gives me anxiety. <laughs> and obviously, I wasn't even there. You're the next guy, you're going to throw a cape on him and be like, I'm putting this on. Yeah. Oh my god, man! Like I, I, I was just thinking then because I was trying to think of like all the embarrassing shit that happens in our shop is nothing to do with cutting hair. Yeah, it's all like like um, I think so. One of my favorite—I uh, really hope Anna from my CEO doesn't listen to this—but like one of my favorite moments that ever happened in our shop was uh, we have a <laughs> we have a toilet downstairs, right? And um, it's for it's for us, but it's also for the customers, yeah. right? But dude, it's like it's really small. And you can you, you can hear everything, right? So it was a nightmare, like because we used to have an office down there. So like you used to have to like wait till everyone was at the office if you like needed to use it, yeah. If you needed yeah. it. Um, and one time, um, Carl, the guy, my best friend, um, he was uh, he was still working there, and uh, he we thought he was in the toilet. My friend, I think my friend Frankie thought he was in the toilet, and he goes downstairs, and I'm I'm eating my lunch, and I'm like, now I knew that it wasn't Carl in the toilet, right? But, I, you know, I was just yeah. like, and he walks down and he kind of looked, he saw it was locked and he was like, oh, you know, like that. and I was like, oh, he's just going to wait. All right. And, um, and he starts banging on the door and he's like, you having a massive shit in there. I'm like, what are that? And he's going like, Bleh. door opens. It's, it's um, it was Carl's client's wife. 
Oh my god! And she's just walked out like that, and I saw it, and I was like fucking like shaking, and my friend Frankie's just got completely red straight away, and he was just like, "I'm so," and we charged like seventy dollars, man. And he's like, "I'm so sorry." And she just like she just did not know what to say. He stayed downstairs for like fucking three hours, dude. That's happened a lot though. Like we have a guy who works behind the desk um, called Paul, and like he he's been there for years, man. He's like a member of the family, um, and like he he's famous for just like the dude is just never at the desk man he's always out getting a coffee strutting around checking guys out or he's in the toilet right and uh, I remember once one of the boys went downstairs there's like there's like a few people who opened the door he didn't lock it and he's just fucking sat there with his (laughs) but like with his trousers down um, by his um, by his uh, on his shoes and that he's like he's like trying to close the door I was upstairs and my friend came up, dude, and I looked over and he was like this. And I was like, you okay? And he's like, no, man, no, like that. He couldn't drink, man. He's like, hammer shaking. I was like, what happened? He was like, just open the door, man. Paul's in there. He's got his fucking pants down by his ankles and shit. And he, I remember we said to him, I was like, how comfortable were you that you had definitely locked that door, that they were that down that low? Like, if I'm ever in there, man. It was number two, bro. It was number two. Like, it's always number two with that guy, man. Like, he's got a problem. And it's like, it's just not a... But, like, with me, I, I think, like, I get anxiety about certain things. Even now, right? Like we've, we've been doing this shit for years. And my, uh, I, my most, the thing I get the most anxiety with, with barbering is, um, like, I, I personally, like, my beard trims, that's, like, I fucking love doing it, man. And, like, I'm famous in my shop for being able to do the hardest beard trim ever in, like, six minutes. I, I just get it. I just get beards. Yeah, it just clicks. But I hate it when I get people in who have, like, stubble. Yeah. And they're like in for a beard trim. And we charge, I think, in dollars, probably $25 minimum. And they'll be like, yeah, just, just you know, just make it neater. Yeah. Dude, that gives me fucking nightmares. I'm like, how, dude? It's yeah. stubble. Like, what do you want me to do? So I'm like scissoring it. I'm like scissoring stubble. And I'm like, I remember I had this one guy who showed me this picture. And it was like a dude with stubble. And it was just his natural hair growth, right? So he didn't have nothing here. Yeah. He had a little bit. He was like, I want it exactly like that took me like two and a half hours mate of like with a razor yeah. of like trying to make his stubble look exactly like this other guy's natural stubble yeah. oh that was i have nightmares about that all the time man i always like stuff like that i have like haircuts i can't remember really having done that many bad ones. i know i know i did but like when i first started i did some fucking shockers for yeah. sure my first ever customer ever at murdoch was a guy on a tv show called Made in Chelsea, which is like a reality show about like rich dickheads. And he came in and uh, he was my first ever customer uh, at Murdoch. And man, I butchered the fuck out of that guy, man. And I put so much product in at the end. <laughs> it's just a cut. And I was like, <laughs> putting all this product in. And my bo- he walked out, my boss was just like, are you happy with that? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> my first boss was a little bit... Um, Not boss, like client. Like what those, what you mentioned earlier, like, yeah. the first, you got... Some write-ups for just like had some client complaints and shit. I had yeah no I definitely there was yeah, definitely share, like what would you do to me yeah yeah I, I, maybe like a couple times but like I think it's different in England man I think it's more it's more like there's more of a you know there's a thing in England right there's like a joke where you know we always show people the back of their necks and clients will literally say like dude even if I hate it. I'm going to say thank you and I'm going to walk out of it because in England you just don't complain. Like it's just not a thing. So I think I got away with it a lot from that. But I definitely had, yeah, I've had customers that weren't happy with shit. Oh, actually, there you go. Here's a story. So the worst one ever that happened to me was 
maybe in like my first month. And uh, again, this is like, you can, you can edit this out because this makes me sound really bad. Um, but like in my first month, I had this guy come in, he had like no beard. He was like, can you make it, um, make it thicker? And I was really young. Yeah. Now I'd go like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Yeah. But back then I was like, yeah, yeah, no worries, man. So yeah. I tried to like, you know, I made it look neat or whatever. He went downstairs and his wife turned up and she was like full Karen. Yeah. And she was like, it doesn't look thicker. It doesn't look thicker. Like, what the fuck? It doesn't look thicker and all this. I'm upstairs like, okay, well, I don't know what you mean. But I was really anxious because I was like, fuck, everyone could hear it. Yeah. My boss at the time fucked up in my opinion because he was like, he placated the guy. He like legitimized the concern. And he was like, I'm really sorry. We'll give you um, another free one. Yeah. I was like, dude, what the fuck? Like, you made it look like I did something wrong when I didn't. Anyway, they left. I went through the whole day thinking about it. I was like, fuck. I was living outside of London at that point with my mum. And I was, get, I, was at the, I was standing at the train station waiting for the train. I just fucking feel this tap on my shoulder. I turn around and it's this guy with his wife. And he's like that. And he was like talking to me and I was like, I had my headphones on. And I was like, the fuck? And he took my headphones like that and dropped them on the floor. Took them off my head, dropped them on the floor. And I was like, what the fuck? And he was like, he was like, you remember me, dear? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, do you think that's all right, this beard? Do you think this looks, you know, he's just like fucking shouted at me, right? And his wife's in the background, like fucking loving it, right? I fucking hate it so much. And I was out there and I waited for him to finish. And I was like, are you done? And he was like, he was like, yeah. He was like, you, gonna, you know, what are you going to do? You know? I said, mate, I finished work an hour ago. Like, I'm done. I was like, if you keep saying this shit to me, like, I'm going to smash your fat fucking wife in the head. I'm going to smash you in the head. And then I'm going to go back and smash your fat fucking wife in the head one more time. And straight away, his wife went, oh, I can't, did anyone hear that? Like, she was trying to get the police involved and all this kind of shit. And I was on the train with them. And I was just vibrating. I was so angry that this guy had the, the balls to, like, come up to me and be aggressive like that. And he was like trying to, and then the, the police came on the train. Um, they weren't, not for me. Yeah. I mean, he was like, that guy's just threatened my wife and all that. Police came over. The police in England are like, I mean, look, I'm white, so I don't know. But like for me, they've always been pretty chill. And he was like, what happened? And I told him the whole story. And he was like, man, that's fucking weird. I was like, yeah. I was yeah. like, I'm not getting off the train. He was like, no, you don't have to. It's fine. I got home. Next day I came in. I said to my boss, I was like, look, I'll be honest with you. Like, you're going to get a complaint. And he's like, what happened? And I was like, I threatened that guy's wife at the train station last night. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, dude, like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, you can fire me if you want to. Please edit that out. You're not going to, are you? No. <laughs> you don't have to, you know. Did he, like, fire the client? He never came back. He was a gift voucher. We have a lot of gift vouchers. Yeah. They're the worst. Because, like, they're, they're the best or they're the worst. Yeah. I don't know if you have that. Like, when you get these guys coming, they're like, man. I've been looking forward to this for months and you're like, oh, I love this guy. And you're like, let's get your whiskey. And they just, it's so, they're so like happy to be there. Or it's the guys that like come in and they're like, uh, you know, well, I've actually been shaving myself for 45 years. So let's see what you can do. It's like, well, it'll be the same. Because I've been, because you're old, you've been shaving for longer than I've been alive. So yeah. But um, yeah, that's, uh, that's all I can kind of, that's all I can kind of think of, man. Like, there's a lot of funny shit that happens in the shop, but like, as I'm sure with you, but it's like, it's all like inside jokes, right? You like have this culture of like, you know, like, I mean, I've got this, I'll show you this later, actually. <clears throat> I've got this, um, I scare, I like scaring my friend Frankie, but like, I'm fucking, mate, no one scares people better than me, right? Like, I'm talking, mate, like, I used to live with him. 
and I would do shit at home where like he'd come back I'd have all the lights off I'd do like the exorcist music and shit and I'd be like hiding in a bag in his room like with no oxygen um, so like I made this compilation I'll show you after of me scaring him because he's like the funniest dude to scare so like I used to do that a lot and then that kind of created a culture of where like people would scare people in front of customers and shit so then we had to stop because like you got some dude paid like $70 and like some guys like jumping out the towel being like fuck you <laughs> it's like it's not a good look